edition of Late Night Like the Nightmare Reviews. I am your co-host, Kyle Martin. And I'm Alden Roth. And this is our second recording of the new year, technically. Yes. yes. Not our second podcast of the new year, right, because we right, have some, right. a huge back catalog going on right now. Uh, Mandy, it's it's uh, January 23rd, so Mandy, the uh, Mandy episode just dropped today. It is. Um, that was, I believe that we had already come up with the name Late Night Lycanthrope Nightmare by that point, right? Yeah, I don't I don't remember. I, I haven't listened back to the episode yet. Mm-hmm. I think that was about the time we came upon the name. Yeah, because I think that was that was after I came back from North Carolina in September. So, yeah, because yeah, we didn't see that till like, October, I felt like. I think yeah, that was, yeah, like, yeah. early October we saw Mandy. Yeah, and October's when we decided on the name. Yeah, right, right. So. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, we got the got the name down. Second recording of the new year. Heyo. And we're also joined by our uh, co-host today, actually. Yes. Riley, come say hi. Say hi to the listeners, Riley. Anything? Nothing? Okay. Just lots of sniffs. Lots of sniffs. Riley is my dog. We uh Hannah you're, and I yeah, you're, adopted you're, a dog. Yeah, you're you're a new you're a first time pet owner. I am. How's well, it I, feel? Yeah. It's a... Uh, did you have any pets before, Riley? We had a cat. At my, when you were growing up? Yeah. When, Never told me that. Yeah. When I... Huh. It, it was really my sister's cat. Okay, gotcha. But, like, yeah, when I was, um... When you said we got... I thought you were allergic to cats. I am. I found <laughs> Just, out when uh, I got a cat. Uh, <laughs> oh, well. Yeah. Yeah, I think we, we adopted Daisy when I was, like, 16 or 17. Okay. So... What kind of cat was she? She's... Colored. Uh, Tabby, or something. She's like still that. alive, or is she done? She's alive. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay, right on. Outdoor yeah. or indoor cat? Indoor. Indoor. All right. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's a very nice cat. Very soft and cuddly. And she's not an asshole like my cats. No. no definitely not. <laughs> yeah. So how's how's it feel being a first time dog owner though? It's uh it's been great. You know, Hannah and I beforehand we talked about it and we were like. I mean, for the longest time, Hannah was like, we're not getting a dog for five years. Okay. I was like, all right, whatever. I've never owned a dog. I have yeah. no real desire to, to get one. Yeah. And then uh, my friend Dan, our friend Dan, he got his dog. And um, Hannah started, like, dog sitting for, for him mm-hmm. a couple times each week. And then it got to the point where she was like, I can't do this anymore. I just, it makes me want to get a dog so much. And I was like, all right, well, whatever. Stop, stop dog sitting then. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, there was one day when Hannah just, out of the blue, sent me a posting for this cute little husky mix. Um, at the, she was at a, at a high kill pound in Ohio. Mm. And she was five years old, fully grown, like the perfect size for what we if we were to get a dog, what what it would be. And, mm-hmm. and so just very jokingly, I was like, all right, cool, let's get her. Yeah. And he was like, wait, what? Oh, jeez. And I was like, yeah, okay, we can we can get a dog. Yeah. And I was like, you, you Hannah, are the one that has put this five-year uh, embargo on not getting a dog. Yeah. So, like, I'm, if you want to get a dog, we can figure out a way to get a dog. And so then I looked at the pictures of... Of her pound name was Tawny. Mm-hmm. We didn't like that name, so we named her Riley. <laughs> um, but 
yeah, I just looked at the pictures and she looked adorable. And then we like, I like looked up, like if I was going to get a dog outright, I was always like a husky mm -hmm. or something would be cool. Um, yeah, that kind of like German shepherd. Pit yeah. Bull something that can endure the cold weather. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I like looked it up and they were like, yeah, huskies need a lot of exercise. And mm -hmm. so I was like, well, that's a good reason for me to like get out and mm -hmm. get into the, to the world. It's a good motivation. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we went, we, we, we met, we met Riley and I like ran around with her outside of the pound and I was like sprinting and she's just jogging. Yeah. Basically like, <laughs> beside just like, me. God, this out of shape loser. Right. Right. <laughs> Uh, and so then, yeah, we adopted her and nice. Yeah. Got a bunch of shit at PetSmart and it's usually how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> that shit, that shit adds up pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. But it's like, it's like a, a starting fee, but it's, it's not going to oh, be yeah. that expensive. No. Yeah. I no, mean, once care. you have the majority of the stuff, it, you know, yeah. it lasts pretty long. Right. Just food Just and, food and, and <laughs> treats. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing that, that racks up after a while. Yeah. But but yeah, it's been great. Like we have to take her out three or four times a day, mm -hmm. and pretty much like clockwork, she needs to pee before we go to bed, and then mm -hmm. she needs to pee as soon as we wake up. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, before we got Riley, I probably got out of bed at before eight thirty, maybe once a month. Yeah. <laughs> and I've gotten but out now of bed. she's like waking you up. I've gotten out of bed before eight every day now. Yeah. And she's just like, hey, we yeah, gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> she's a very calm dog inside, except for tonight when I brought her here. She yeah, was, was like new, freaking out. It was a new space. Yeah, she just had to get used yeah. to it. But like, she she does this like every now and then. She just whines, mm -hmm. and if she whines, it's either she needs to go outside or she needs water. Yeah, <laughs> we tried both of those. Right. <laughs> she was just she was just having a moment. Yeah. So and then, but then when she's outside, she's like basically a wolf. Yeah, she just and, wants to run. Right. Yeah, she just wants to. She wants to go exploring and right. like sniff everything, which is awesome. But she's a really yeah. calm dog. Like she's not very aggressive. She's like not aggressive. Oh at no, all. she's super friendly. You we know? yeah, we think we're not quite sure what she's mixed with. But Hannah was doing some research, and um, there's this dog, like a it's a, a Belgian Mao something. I forget what it's called. It's like it's. It looks a lot like a German Shepherd. Okay. And it's basically a dog breed that's used a lot as like police dogs. Yeah. Because they like to work and they like to be active and they like to it's dog to do job. tasks. Yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And so like Hannah looked up husky mix or husky mixed with that mall whatever it is, and it looks exactly like what Riley looks like. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. So and, yeah, there, there might be the origins. Yeah. There. Yeah. And then the description on the American Canine Association or whatever is like to take this dog away from its owner is to deprive this, this dog of a reason to live. Oh my God. And Jesus but Christ. like it, like she's Riley's been really, she's been bad about being separated from us. She mm -hmm. like howls after being away for a couple minutes. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah. 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 I experienced that. Yeah. When, yeah. when we were over at your house filming and yeah, we left her inside for probably like five minutes yeah. like total. And then we just heard her just start howling. Right. And it's like, yes, like, there's nothing wrong. She just really misses... Yeah, she just has attachment issues. Yeah, she just, you know, once... I mean, dogs are like humans, too. They get attached yeah. to people, you know? Yeah. It's, there's nothing, you know, wrong but with that. But we can't explain to her that we will be back. I know, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> see, that... See, I was driving. Uh, I think it was it was on it was on a highway. I, for, I don't know if it was in Pete in Lancaster or if it was in 
North Carolina. I can't remember exactly. Yeah. But I was driving. I saw this sign and it said, don't drink and drive. Your dog will never know why you didn't come home. Mm. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> Whoever fucking came up with that, yeah. brilliant job. I was yeah. like, kudos to you, man. Yeah. I was like, that is absolutely brilliant. Mm. It was, But yeah, I mean, I, I you just sent me a picture of her and you were just like out of the blue that one yeah. day. And you're just like, yeah, I got a dog. And I was just like. What? Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, I've grown up with dogs my entire life. Like, ever since I was born, we had a dog. Mm-hmm. And so I was just, and, like, now has, like, been a year since I, like, haven't had, like, a dog in my life. And yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, a dog. Yeah. And so I was, like, really excited for you for, like, finally getting a dog. Yeah. And uh, it, it was awesome. It was funny because when we were, were over there and when Matt was over there and uh, he was, like, he he brought treats over and he was like tell he's like you know trying to teach your dog how to sit yeah. like with the treat and everything and this is no f- fault on the mat at all he was just I think he was just excited and he was just you know like oh you know teach her how to sit down but I was like if if, if it was my dog and like someone was just like sit down you know, do this I'd be like give my fucking dog the treat and don't tell her to sit down. I was like, I, if I want to fucking teach her how to sit, I'll fucking teach her how to sit. Yeah. I was like, not you, all right? But, I mean, that's no fault on him, Matt, at all. I know he was just, like, excited or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, he's our, he's our boy or whatever. But me, personally, I am, like, so attached to my dog. I'm just like, don't fucking talk to my dog that way. Like, <laughs> I'm like, if you're going to give her a treat, just give her a treat. If, if uh, she's going to be taught a trick, I'll teach her the fucking trick. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I mean, she's got to learn one way or another. And, yeah. And I... I don't have the patience or see the reason for her to sit. I literally, so, I've never taught any of my dogs how, like, how right. to sit. I'm just like, whatever. They'll yeah. sit eventually. <laughs> they'll right, get right, tired right. and they'll sit down. So, but <laughs> Hannah, Hannah has been working at it a lot this past weekend. So she's, Riley's gotten really good. I can even like, I don't even have to say anything to her now. I just like, if that, if I have food in my hand, I got it with that caveat. If I have yeah. food in my hand, and I hold it for her, she'll sit down and then I can give it to her. Yeah. But she's, she's getting, Pretty good at when when Hannah says sit without a treat, she she will sit. Yeah, but I'm like, what's the point? When do we actually want her to sit like that? Yeah, I mean, like I never like. I mean, I took my dog to um, like that doggy training school. Yeah, and at like that PetSmart does, yeah. and like that was that. I mean, that was nice, but my dog like forgot it like instantly. Right. It's like something you have to keep teaching. Yeah, you gotta do it. But a lot. I mean, like I don't know. I, I think I'm just kind of like. I don't really care if you know how to sit or not, you know? It's right. just like, you'll sit when you want to sit, you know? I don't, yeah. mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's not, it, it's like a, I don't know. It was just, it's just a personal preference for me. I'm like, I just don't, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Hannah Some really, people are like really into it though. And they like really like teaching their dogs how to do yeah. tricks and shit like that. And like all, all power to, you know, I'm just too fucking lazy yeah. to do it. I have a couple friends who they've taught their dogs, like they, they hold their hand out like a pistol mm-hmm. and their dog, like, is sitting and then they like go they like cock their hand back and make a sound and their dog like rolls over that's that's hilarious like that's that's hilarious but i'm also like that's that just like feels really weirdly morbid to me a little bit yeah Yeah, and your dog teaching your dog to die yeah Uh, it's like in the scene in this in this movie that we watched today (laughs) all the heads were like all the dogs on all like what the fuck is this like who's doing this yeah (laughs) Um, but, but yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome that, uh, you got a dog and everything and it's going yeah. well. And yeah. That's awesome. And, um, we got, we started, uh, picking up filming again of season two of Love Hate. Yeah, we did. Um, we shot two scenes last week. Um, 
on Tuesday and, or Monday and Tuesday we shot this. Yeah. yeah. And we're just taking our time. Like this week we didn't shoot anything. And then, um, Maddie, Madeline, uh, she got a new job. And so I'm letting her get like, she would actually called me today too. And she was just like, I kind of started this new job. I was like, you get comfortable, <laughs> yeah. you know, there, and then we'll figure out when we're going to shoot next, you know, just, I'm not going to, you know, make you mm-hmm. work two jobs and then, you know, come film afterwards. Like that's not oh, cool. she working both of them now. She's, I think, I think she's going to, I think she's still working the pizza joint up yeah. in, for like another week or so. And then okay. she's just going to go work at Permanis. Okay. Um, but yeah, we said, you, we, uh, we got this in the, in the one scene that we shot, um, we, we were shooting upside down and I wanted you to like blur and then go back into focus. And then you, you were just like, oh, we should do this. And you, like, detached the lens. Yeah. And you were, like, putting it back on the camera. I was like, what the fuck is this? I was like, this is awesome. And, like, I was, like, I was so, like, I was so, like, creatively inspired by it. I just, I didn't want to yell cut. And I just, like, yeah. we just recorded, like, five minutes. And it's, it, they're they're kissing. And it's, like, an upside down over uh, overhead shot of them kissing. And and we're going, we're going out of focus and into focus. And... <laughs> I did. I I was waiting because I was just like something like he. They might move their lips a certain way or move their faces a certain way. So I was yeah. like, we just got to keep rolling and just like, because I, I was just so like, I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. Like I was, I I never, I hadn't felt that way in a long time about a shot. Yeah, I was really really pumped about it. But for poor Madeline, uh, our actor Connor had just shaved and her face got like all red afterwards. Yeah, from it. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt that. But I was like, we got we got a lot of. Awesome money shots in there, though. Yeah. No. That, that was lens whacking, and that that's a lot of fun. Because you, you literally do just detach the, the lens from the camera, and it gets really wonky. Yeah, it, it, was, I, it was so cool. It yeah. Was so, so cool. I really liked it. How do you feel about it, uh, shooting so far? We haven't really shot much. We've shot no, three yeah. scenes in total. No, I think it's been going well. The first shot that we were doing, we, like... Like the composition, but we kept running into a shadow problem with oh, the yeah. street lamp. Like I feel like we regrouped on that and, and came to it, like came up with a better shot. Almost. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And then everything is looking really good. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited. Um, the these these first two are pretty easy. Yeah. So far, they're gonna get they harder. Get, they get harder. <laughs> it's definitely gonna get harder. Yeah. I mean, third episode is just a single overhead shot. I cut it, because, right. so Connor uh, was taking his time with delivering the lines, and I, I didn't want to, like, because I felt bad, because I was just like, Connor, can you do it faster? And I was like, who the fuck, I sound like fucking George Lucas now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, god damn it. But I was like, I didn't want to make it seem inauthentic. Yeah. So I was just like, just pick it up just a little bit. And it was still over a minute long. And you were like, oh, we can do the carousel yeah. thing on Instagram. And I was like, I could, but I also don't want to. Yeah. Because, I don't know, it's just... I don't watch, like, all... Like, I, I feel like as a viewer, I don't watch, like, all those yeah, like, carousel it's hard moments, to get you know? people to, to do that. Yeah, so I was just like, I think we should just keep it in one. Because that's just, like, the binds that I've set on ourselves mm-hmm. for this uh, project. But, um, I, what I did was, cause it was too long. And even after I cut out some spots before and after, um, I was like, well, he's, t- cause he's talking about a dream in the scene. So I was like, maybe yeah. I can like fudge around with it and like cut it up mm-hmm. and like have it like, 
like these like jump cuts. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And like have it feel like how you're trying to remember a dream, like when you wake up and yeah. you're like trying to remember what happened and you feel like it's just a bunch of jump cuts at times. So yeah, I tr- yeah. I've been trying to like tweak it like that way mm-hmm. to make it feel to try to get that point across where you, he's trying to remember a dream and when you're trying to describe it, yeah, the jump cuts are like acting as like his interpretation of the dream. Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to fudge around with that and make it work. Okay. That'll be interesting. Mm. I'm excited to see it. Got a lot more to shoot. Got like seven more episodes to shoot. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, uh, but everyone's killing it though. You're mm-hmm. killing it. Matt has been a trooper coming out. Yeah. And helping us. And then Maddie and Connor have been killing it as well. Yeah. So I'm really happy with everything so far. Yeah, it's been, it's been really good so far. What else have you been working on? Well, we're start. we're, we're, we're trying to, start doing a lot more of a, a specific type of freelancing. Yeah. Um, with, I don't know how deep you want to get into this. No, nah, we shouldn't spoil beans yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, just leave it at that. Right. We're, 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 we're venturing into some commercial branded content avenues. Yeah. I think we're both very excited about that as well. Yeah, definitely. I uh, think it's a new, new kind of challenge. Yeah. Um, I think going into this new year, I was kind of uh, depressed about feeling a little bit directionless because mm-hmm. I wanted to make a feature this year, but then I ran into the, I, I was asking myself, do I want to make a feature because I feel like this story needs to be told or am I just trying to make a feature because I feel like I need to make a feature? Yeah. And I ultimately came and concluded to myself that I feel like I'm just trying to make a feature just sure. because I feel like I need to make a feature yeah. not because I believe in the story and it needs to be told right you know and it really upset me you know because it's just a hard truth that you just that a filmmaker has to tell themselves sometimes yeah you know? that's an important thing to to, to realize yes yeah. because like if you are, are doing it just to do it like it's gonna be really hard to motivate everybody else to do it yeah exactly it, 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 and also I just didn't want to make something that with on no money again and like not paying right. anybody and just and then if it wasn't something that I wasn't a hundred percent into, how can I convince everyone else to put a hundred percent into exactly. it? You know? So yeah. I was just kinda like, maybe I should just put that on the back burner, maybe just focus on writing some scripts for a little bit and I didn't really know what I wanted to do and you know, it, it was very frustrating for me and I kinda just dug myself in a hole there for for like the first couple weeks of January there. And, um, when we, 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 we came across a situation where some were, we're trying to venture into this new avenue that got me really excited. Right. Uh, something that like, I hadn't really been excited about before. Like I haven't really given it much thought before about doing this type of thing. But then once I started thinking about it and getting ideas for it, it really excited me. And I kind of got that creative juice back into me. Yeah. I hadn't seen you that excited in a minute. Yeah, exactly. And like, I was, I, I mean, like I typed out like this entire page of like ideas in like three hours. Yeah. Basically. And I don't know, it it just really juvenated me and just got my creative juices going. And I, I hadn't seen myself going in that direction as a filmmaker, Mm -hmm. but 
the idea of it has gotten me more and more excited than actually going and making a feature, which I never thought before. And it's something I want to explore more, and I actually yeah. want to go do it. Right, right, right. Um, and see how it goes. Um, because, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a filmmaker, and, like, I'm going to make another feature one day. Yeah. Um, but I need to do it right. And it needs to be something that I feel really passionate about. And I can't just be, like, turning out something that I don't feel like uh, is 100% there, you know? Yeah. But doing something like what we've been talking about, um, I feel like could give us a really good reputation and could get our names out there. Yeah. And then who says that, I mean, like, people that kind of, like, work in this in this little niche community, um, no one has really transitioned into feature films that way. And I was thinking how, what, what better way to show someone that you can do the work and actually then go make like a small budget feature film by doing like all this little branding, like content. Right. And then being like, okay, look at what I did here for like 10 years and then go jump into like a feature and like get money that way from these like companies that like, paying you to do this stuff so i don't know it, it's just really excited me and i really want to explore it more and i and i want to do it yeah no I, I i we've both been super excited about it and i think it's like it's actually got some some feet to get somewhere so. yeah yeah i think that's that i mean we talk about a lot of, of ideas on things to do and stuff and sometimes they're just really good ideas and they don't really have that much motion behind them you yeah. know yeah but i feel like something like this has in the short amount of time that we actually came up with the idea of doing it has really started to move forward and progress a lot. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Me too. Uh, all right. And so since the last time we recorded, you had a birthday. I did. I turned 25. How are yeah. you feeling? Uh, I feel old. Yeah. I feel really old. You can now rent a car without. I know. Fucking an a. Underage fee. Fucking a. It's awesome. And that's about all. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I pretty much peaked. That's like it. That's the last thing that you have to really look forward to. Yeah. When it's getting it's older, you go over the hill then. Like forty, right? 50. Yeah. I thought forties over the hill. Forties over the hill. No, whatever. Yeah, because I remember because in when I was growing up, when my mom turned forty, our neighbor, who was like we were all like all the kids were all friends with each other in this neighborhood. Uh, my neighbor's mom put a sign that said over the hill because we lived on a hill yeah and she stuck the sign over the hill on there and then when she turned 40 we kept the sign and we put it in her yard (laughs) but um there's there's um but yeah yeah i turned i turned 25 and um i didn't really do anything really i just kind of like hung out and um i went and got and saw my aunt aunt cindy thank you very much for sending me a 40 dollar gift card to uh cheesecake factory so I went and just splurged that. Yeah. Didn't really take much to splurge it because it's really fucking know, expensive there. Is so expensive. It's very expensive. Um, I didn't even get any cheesecake. Well, <laughs> so yeah. I got two beers, uh, sliders, and a Cuban sandwich, and that was thirty nine dollars. Yep, that'll do it. <laughs> so I was like, holy shit. Then I walked, and then since the uh, movie theaters right there, I went yeah. next door and saw Glass. Yeah. Which I'm a huge M. Night Shyamalan fan. And I liked, I didn't love Glass. I liked it though. Okay. Um, I think there's like a lot of major improvements that could have been made to it. But overall, it was like a solid movie. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's not as good as Split or Unbreakable. Um, but uh, yeah, and then, I, and then I went out 
and uh, a bunch of work people uh, took me out, and we went in the city and just drank. Nice. Night long, yeah. So, yeah, that was pretty much it. That was 25. I wasn't really planning on doing anything yeah. that exciting. Well, it's time to make it make it an exciting year with all this. Uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. all these things coming up. Definitely. So It's going to be a great year. And then I just... Uh, You've had a very exciting 24 hours. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's been a, an interesting time. So, like, at the beginning of the year, I, I told my boss I wanted to go remote. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, yeah, in three months, like, we'll transition you. And then, like, last Friday, I had a meeting with him, and I was basically going to be like, you know, I think we should just expedite this to maybe, like, the end of February instead of the end of March. Mm. It just kept getting shorter and shorter and shorter. And my boss was like, I was actually thinking, like, Monday. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, oh, I mean, all right, cool. That's you're fine. Like, you're me. like, I'm ready, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, like, I thought you were going to have pushback. That's why I was saying February. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're ready now? All right. Fuck, all right. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, today was my first day not going into the office. And as of Friday, at the end of, at the end of day Friday, I will no longer be a full-time employee. Nice. So, but you'll still, like, freelance for them. Yeah. It'll be on a project basis. Yeah. It's like whenever they need you. Yeah. They'll contact you. Right. That's but, cool. So otherwise I'm doing my own freelance. The yeah, thing that we're talking about mainly. Yeah. So yeah, it's uh it's gonna be hustling every day I'm yeah. hustling every day I'm It's gonna hustling. be a very exciting year. I don't know if you saw my story today, this morning. I remember I, the I, one of Riley, I, I don't remember the first one though. I poured uh just a cup of coffee. But the mug said uh do what you like, like what you do. Mm. And then I put, you know, you can like insert songs in there. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite songs lately is a song by Tori Moi. It's called Freelance. Mm. And it's just so appropriate. It, it's just a coincidence that it's called Freelance. Yeah. But it, I like, I've really been digging it lately. And so I like put that, the song on there with the mug and then said back to the grind. <laughs> and did you meet Damon? Damon Long? Yeah, I met him once. Okay, he yeah. messaged me and he was like, am I decoding this correctly that you are now freelancing? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, sir, you yeah, are. <laughs> good job putting that puzzle together there. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, He's been, I saw him, like, what, back in, like, June? And he went on, like, that RV trip. I saw him, like, Instagram yeah, for a I mean, while. And yeah. now he's, like, out in California just kind of, like, just yeah. out there. Yeah, he's, he's really... Uh, he talk about hustling, man. That guy, that, that dude is how to hustle. He's, an, he's a hustler, for sure. He's trying to figure out what exactly he wants to do because he did the yeah. he did um, did dance feature right? he produced that he produced right. dance feature and then he, right at like days after that finished he went on road trip nation is the RV thing yeah and it's is uh, it a documentary or something well yeah really it's like a what TV show or a doc I don't really he explained one thing to me and then what I saw him doing was very different mm. but he like drove around the country and gave talks to like high schoolers about like. Following your passions and that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, and so, like, his documentary was he made a little short doc about um, the water problems in Ecuador uh, that I edited. Mm-hmm. So, he, like, talked about making his first feature or his first documentary and that kind of thing. But, yeah, he lived on, a, on an RV with three Just for or a while, other people. Dude, he was there for a yeah. long time. That was, it was like, I want to say six months almost. Wow. 
Maybe five months. Cause it was like, what had to be from like what end of July to like, November? To November, yeah. But and then he went and then he flew out to like he's just out in California right now. I saw we, from Instagram. Yeah, so he he did he went out he accepted a job at a camp in California. He was going to be like a counselor slash videographer mm. kind of thing. And then I guess during the week of training, he realized that he didn't actually want to do the job. It just wasn't for him. Yeah. Yeah. So now he's just sort of hanging out in California, trying <laughs> to dope. trying to find work. Um, but yeah, he he and I talk every now and then, just because he, he he and I are both very much like we don't like having bosses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we want to just grind it out ourselves. Mm-hmm. But like we have like different personal aspirations, but we're both yeah. like very much into that hustle, do it yourself kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that that work uh, mentality. Yeah, yeah. He's a cool guy. Yeah, my one interaction with him and my Instagram interaction with him. He's a cool yeah. guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. So, but yeah. It's dope, man. Uh, so, I, so it's, speaking of inter- Instagram interactions, okay. um, I, I, had, I ran into this conversation that I want to get your opinion on and I think would be a very interesting discussion. It has to do with, like, art. Okay. So I follow um, this uh, musician called The Ghost in You. Yeah. And if you follow me on Instagram, um, in one of my videos, uh, you've probably Just seen... one? Yeah, there's Multiple. many, there's many, many videos uh, include his music. And I really, really like his music. Um, it's very melancholy, and it's mostly acoustic, um, but the lyrics, I feel, are so soulful and so just fucking just... He's, the dude just goes to that place that most people do not want to talk about and he rips it out and puts it into a song and puts it out there which mm-hmm. I have so much tremendous respect for. Yeah. Like it, it's it's incredible and a lot of his music like really resonates with me. Um I think he's an incredible musician, an incredible artist and he posted a video of him playing uh this is like I want to say this is 5 years ago he said the, the playing in the video? Yeah, okay. yeah, the song that he posted. Okay. So, this is what he posts. He said, this video is five years old now. I can't believe that. A lot, of, and... <clears throat> I'm sorry. Let me start over. This video is five years old now. I can't believe that. A lot has changed in that time. I was still technically in my 20s. My mom was alive. My best friend who gave me a lift to record this session was my friend. I lived with a girl I loved a lot. I was working at an art supply store for shitty pay, and I was still hopeful of making a go at this music thing. When I look at this person now, I see a lot of hurt and pain. It brings up feelings I would rather not feel again. It's also a reminder of how much one person can endure. And so I wrote, because he hasn't, he hasn't put out an album, I want to say, in like three years. Okay. He actually put out a song back in September. It was like the first song they posted in like three years. Okay. And so I commented and i've talked to this guy through comments and also in like personal messaging him too and yeah yeah. um, he's a he's a really really good guy so i wrote time to pick up that guitar again brother and he commented i just don't have it in me i've created a vast amount of music that led nowhere i'm not going to keep writing and recording and pouring my soul into something that leads nowhere all for just a sliver of hope that it does that it does if it was meant to happen it had happened or the body of work I have out already would be enough to get that ball rolling. And so I commented, I hear you, man. 
it's tough to feel that the art you put out into the world falls on deaf ears. Your music, your music shouldn't be for anyone else but you. Make music because you want to, because you have to. If you don't want to do it, then don't. You don't owe anyone anything. I selfishly would love to, for you to put out a new album, but that's not why you make, we make art. And so I get where he's coming from. Mm-hmm. To really reach back into that deep, dark place and put it out there for mm-hmm. the world to see and to have no one recognize it yeah i would be frustrated too like it it would suck you know yeah but what i was what i wrote in my comment was that's not why we do it we don't do this for the recognition we don't do it for the money you know we don't do it to become famous we do it because we have to do it the the films that i have made i've never seen a penny (laughs) off of them but i do it just because i have to fucking do this or else i go insane it's my therapy. Right. You know? And this one person, another person wrote, um, what if you did it for fun? And he said, if it was fun for me, then why would I stop? And so, like, I get it's not fun for him to do this, you know? So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it does, he doesn't want to bring up these feelings. Yeah. You know? Um, but... Like I said, I selfishly <laughs> wish that he would keep well, making yeah, music, yeah. you know. But if he doesn't want to do it, then he shouldn't do it, you know. If you don't, if you don't have that urge inside of you, yeah, to like have to create art or create music, to create film, to paint, whatever it is that yeah. you do, to write, doesn't matter. If if you could do something else that that satisfies you and that gets you through the day and through life, fucking do that. God bless you, you know. Right. Don't, you know, don't do this, but it's just, don't, don't make music or make films or do this stuff because you think that it'll lead to something else. Right. You know, it's, you should do this stuff because you, you have to do it because there's no other way for you to express yourself. Right, right, right. If you wanted to be a a famous musician, then. There's an algorithm that you can follow. Right. You don't have to make music that tears you apart. Mm Mm-hmm. And brings up bad memories. You could make happy-go-lucky music, or yeah. you know, I don't know. That's yeah. I, I agree with you. It's like if this is if this is a, a a therapeutic release or an emotional release for you, then like you should do it for that reason and not because people say, "Oh, it's so good." Yeah, I mean, like. But, like I I can, I I wax this guy's car whenever I right. can, you know, because I think I think because I would love for him to you know like put out more music, but right. it's like at at what cost can you ask a person to do that? Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean a friend like a friend of mine, Connor, uh, you probably know him as Moirai. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His music's dope. His music's great, but it, same thing. He was like, I would always ask him like, oh, when you make more, when you make it more, and he's like, I'm just not feeling it right now. I'm like, all right, man cool like yeah i'm not gonna make you make music and yeah just for my pleasure you right know, of it you know and now he's um now he's working on building 3d rendered robots and he's he's gonna make a, a graphic novel entirely 3d rendered jesus christ and i'm like i mean he's doing good stuff and that's what's like, funny that's what's like it's like dave too like the, yeah, the yeah. guy that does all my score my music for my films yeah dave, he's a he's a graphic designer yeah 
he just happens to make music right, right. <laughs> on the side, you know, whenever he feels like it. I know. I wish I was like talented enough to do multiple things, but I'm like, nah. It's e- it's either got to be with a camera or yeah, it's got to be the one thing, and I got to go yeah, balls deep that's on the it. The only you know? thing I'm good at. So <laughs> no, I wish I could be a musician. Holy I shit! I wish I could play like the guitar and sing. I know. Like, I love music so much. Hannah's always like, "Why don't you like play music or something?" And I'm like. What do you what do you think I am? I don't know how to play music. (laughs) I do not have the talent. I've tried to play guitar. I it's just I can't do it. I know. It's just one of those things that you just have to accept. I mean, my one of my best friends, Joel, he's a musician. I just live vicariously through him. You know, I'm just like, God damn, you're so fucking talented. Yeah. He he has never like he doesn't know how to read music. Yeah. He just learned how he just listened to the radio and learned how to play guitar. And I'm like, God damn it, dude, you're so fucking talented. Like, God damn you. Yeah, it's, but that's like that's how I came up through cameras. I didn't yeah. know how the camera actually worked. I just pointed at shit and tried to make it look good. Yeah, and you just start out from the bottom and right. you just you fail continuously right. until you do better. Learn a couple <laughs> things along the way. But exactly. No, I, I, I don't know. Like, there's part of me that would enjoy, like, being able to play a couple songs on a guitar or just like pick around on a guitar. But like, yeah. if I picked up a guitar, I would have no interest in making it something that made me money or. No. Like brought fame or anything like, there's which no, is literally uh, impossible nowadays with music. Well, yeah, <laughs> it's that's, literally that's impossible. That's another thing about it. But like, there's just like with with filmmaking and photography is it's like, yes, I love to do it, but it's also like I'm trying to make it a job. Yeah, I'm trying to make it a career. Right, so it's like you're trying to make it go. Right, ahead. but like with music, I just like, I would have no interest. It would entirely be for fun. Yeah, I, th- I my position on it is just always been there like millions of people that are so much better at it than me yeah that i feel like i can the f- motions that i feel i feel like i can go find in other songs you know yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like there, there's nothing in me that like i have to like i have to write this song yeah you know unlike film where it's just like i feel like i can write this and no one's done this before right. you know but um but yeah that's uh billy i w- i hope and wish that someday you will make more music but if you don't then god bless you I'll, I'll enjoy yeah. the music that you already put out there in the world. Yeah, because it's been it's been great. Yeah, you gotta you gotta do what makes you happy. Exactly. So. Exactly. What are you drinking here, Kyle? I was drinking two roads, road to ruin, double IPA. I'm all out. I'm right all now. out too. I was drinking the Lagunitas IPA. It's pretty yeah, good. Mine was classic. very hoppy. I wasn't expecting that. Mine wasn't, um, but yours is a double, so yeah. that sort of explains it. Plenty of bite on there. Yeah. Two Roads is good. They make a really good New England style IPA that yeah. I really like. Um, yeah, they're pretty solid. Lagunitas is pretty solid too. That's why I picked oh, it. Oh yeah, Lagunitas. And cheers, cheers. We're back. Um, today's movie that we watched, uh, very interesting. It came out last month. Uh, there's been a lot of hype around this movie, and also a lot of controversy around this movie. Yeah, uh, it's directed by a director who I think is one of the best directors working today. Mm-hmm. Uh, certified uh, master of filmmaking. Yeah, uh, Alfonso Cuarón. Uh, the movie that we watched was Netflix's Roma. Mm-hmm. It's a Netflix original, which is kind of insane. Um, just. Goes to show how just Netflix is really changing the game here, yeah. and I kind of, I kind of really fucking hate that. Um, so back in May, uh, this movie was supposed to play at the Cannes Film Festival in 2018. Okay, and Cannes said 
we will not um, regard Netflix films as legitimate cinema, and they can't be in competition with That's all the other so films. Stupid. It is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Because cinema, I feel, can be whatever the fuck you want it to be. You know, right. it doesn't have to play on a big fucking screen to be cinema. I have had more yeah. intimate moments watching a movie on my TV by yeah. myself than I have ever in a movie theater. And it's not like it premiered on Netflix before it premiered at any of the film festivals. Mm-hmm. Like it premiered at, at, at the Venice Film Festival, yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, the, the Golden Lion. Yeah, and it's just... I, I don't get this uh, criticism of, of Netflix. I really don't. When they when a company allows a filmmaker to have total creative reign over their film, like how the fuck how can you be against that? Well, no, they're just they're they're the theaters and the the, the film festivals are mad because they're upending the industry. They're they're doing it the untraditional route. Yeah, and but yeah. but so they're they're like trying to hold their ground and be like this is how you have to do it and and like if Khan says hey if you make a Netflix movie it's not eligible then they're hoping that makes some directors go well fuck I really wanted to win at can so first off cinema isn't a competition if you're if you make a movie so that you think that you'll go to can and win and win the Palme d'Or go fuck yourself you're not well, a filmmaker well I don't know there's a lot of uh, money making to film. Yeah, I know, and, but and and those those awards make a difference. They do, and I, like I'm not just like look. I, I want one of my movies to play at the Cannes Film Festival and at Sundance, and I want to go to Venice, you know, and watch my movie play. But I think when when you look at at cinema, it has always been about breaking new ground and going where no one has gone before and telling new stories and in a different way. And when a studio like Netflix comes around with just a different model, but they're mavericks in the field that they're doing, and that they're bre- they're breaking all the rules, and for them and for them to say you can't do that, I feel like betrays what cinema is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely really shitty the way that they did it, but um, I don't know. I mean, Alfonso still made a kick-ass movie, and yeah, I mean, I mean, it just sucks that that controversy had to happen, you know, yeah. when it's just, it, it's so easily avoidable and it's just such like a, a bull, it's such a bullshit money thing, you know? And it's just, right. Absolutely. It's just, it's just bullshit. But I mean, all props to Netflix though, man, just like, just fucking killing it, you know, oh, no, these it's, original it's, movies. It's I mean, incredible. All this, all this like thousands of like new content, you know, it's just, yeah. it's incredible. Like I don't, I don't know how they're doing it. But I mean, well, they, they, got, they get, I, I saw something they had in the last quarter, they got 9 million new subscribers. Fuck. And then at some point this year, they're bumping up subscriptions. It's going to be like two bucks extra. Yeah. Which like to us is like, all right, whatever, two more dollars. Sure. But, to them, but when they have over a million, over like fucking a hundred million people subscribing, that right there is two hundred million more dollars every month that they're gonna get. Jesus Christ, that's insane. They could like even if they just did it an extra ten cents, that yeah. would still be a shit ton of money. You think about it, it's just such a brilliant model. Everyone pays for the movies. Yeah, you know, and it's just like you, you can't lose money off a film mm-hmm. this way. You know, and unless you, as long as you stay in that budget range that you have, yeah. you cannot lose. Yeah, money. I mean, it, it kind of ruins the. 
the the old residuals side of things. Oh yeah, that's gone. Yeah, right. Yeah, you but know. but then you just got to be smarter about your contract and yeah, you and just ask gotta, for more money up front. Yeah, you just gotta. I mean, how much were you really making in residuals? You know, before I don't know how how much residuals carried over. Yeah, it just depends if you have like a. Uh, one of those hit movies that yeah. gets played every year, like Gremlins or Die Hard or something. Yeah, or like Christmas. Or, yeah, yeah, right, I feel right, like, right. I feel like, yeah. But, but like outside of that, you know. But really, I mean, if you just like, yeah, if you're smart about your negotiation, what are you eating there, Riley? She's she's there's so many crumbs in Kyle's apartment. <clears throat> I don't. She's I don't having vac- a feast. I don't vacuum. <laughs> I vacuum rarely. Um, but yeah, I mean, if yeah, if you're just smarter about like Max Landis got paid like twenty five million dollars for Bright, the Bright right. script. Right, it's like cool. I can coast on that, <laughs> you know. It's right, just like all good. <laughs> I don't, you know. I think as long as you're smart about how you sell your film, yeah. Um, and and Netflix isn't dumb that they're gonna like try to like like pull one over on you and yeah, be like, fuck oh you yeah, just like do this for a cheap price. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. They, I mean, they're definitely like definitely tiers of how much they're willing to pay. I'm sure like there was a lot a bigger budget for Roma than. Whatever this Netflix original, The Rain, is. like Bright, Bright was huge. Bright was like fifty million dollars. I right. want to say, yeah, that that was like their which is most not huge movie. in the yeah in the, the vast landscape of cinema. But for yeah. them, I think that was like their biggest movie that yeah. they had produced. But did um, you see that Netflix also said they're not doing any more? They they like got rid of Marvel. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah. Doing any Marvel, well, because so. Disney's doing their own streaming oh, site okay. uh, this next year. I yeah. want to say it comes out in twenty twenty. It's called Disney Plus. Okay, and that'll have. Star Wars, Marvel, mm-hmm. and then okay. Pixar. That's like their. That's where all their stuff is gonna I won't go. Be paying for that, so that's I probably will pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> they got the John Favreau's uh, Mandalorian is about a bounty hunter, and it stars uh, my boy from Game of Thrones, the fucking uh, the dude that was having sex with his sister and got his head uh, crushed by the uh, uh, the mountain. Oh, I don't know his name, but I know he's yeah, about. that guy. That guy's he plays the bounty hunter. It looks okay. pretty. It looks pretty badass. So I might. Yeah, I mean for that. Yeah, it would be nice. I, I just like, I have friends who have subscriptions to every streaming service, and I'm like, yeah. why? You, you can't yeah. possibly get your money's worth if yeah. you have that many services. Even like with Am- what I've seen on Amazon and Hulu, they overlap so fucking yeah, hard. Definitely, um, and, and like I don't. The only thing I've ever watched on Amazon Prime is Hannibal. Because yeah. it wasn't available anywhere, <laughs> yeah, anywhere else. else. Yeah. But like basically anything that I wanna see is either gonna be on Netflix or HBO. Yeah. And like I only have Amazon Prime because it's included in the Prime membership. Yeah, really yeah. No, you know? seriously. The, yeah, I I wouldn't pay for the if the Amazon if Amazon Instant video, video right. was separate, I wouldn't pay for it. Um, I would just have like the right. two day shipping. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I have I have Netflix and HBO, and and I'm set. I'm like that's fine. I that's really all else. you need, really. I I have Hulu because of um, I, I got it like a long time ago, and I just never got rid of it. Yeah, but it's only like five bucks a month, and so I'm just like, all right, whatever. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I get like I can watch like Jimmy Fallon, like if I really want to, or like This Is Us, like I watch that. But I also have cable too, <laughs> because well, yeah. I, I had to get it for the Wi-Fi. So I'm just like, yeah. Right. Um, but but Hulu is basically just like cable, you know? right? Like, and you can actually get live cable. I heard you can get like Hulu TV or something, where it's bas- you you like actually watch the network chant the network commercials and all that shit. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah, I think that's like forty bucks. I'm like, yeah, it's forty bucks a month. Mm-hmm. But you like it's 
it's literally a cable subscription, but through Hulu. Yeah, just through the internet. You just yeah. don't have to pay for the, the like for, box, yeah. for DirecTV or for right, fucking right, uh, right. Xfinity. Um, but yeah, I mean, like soon we'll all be working for these streaming conglomerates. See, that's that's a, that's where cinema is heading. Yeah, that's where well, it is. I, the interesting thing is, my friend that just got Hulu was was pointing out like it's got all the same advertisements and shit, and it's like. Every everybody they they like went to streaming and were like no ads. Now they're like looping back around like no okay I guess we do have to have ads to make money. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like but Netflix is holding strong. They don't have any ads. Like you look at HBO, they've never had any ads. Never. They've always just been subscription. Yeah. And so like yeah uh, yeah like even way back in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. I think I think the ones that the people that hold the ground Netflix and HBO and stars. Showtime, like those those original ones, mm-hmm. they'll always be able to do, to go ad free just because they hold so much HBO, ground. Yeah, because HBO was just such a revolution, right, for its day, and it only it, it's been growing like ever since, right. Like there wouldn't be a Netflix if there wasn't an HBO. Mm-hmm. You know, HBO is like the Godfather of like all this streaming yes. and like and like the golden age of television. Yeah, HBO started it all because HBO was just like fuck it. Yeah, yeah. And you know why HBO was so popular? Because porn. Because that's where yeah. you could get porn for the first time. Yep. And you didn't have to go out and buy it on fucking VHS or buy a Playboy. You could just wait until 11 o'clock hit. Yeah. And you could jerk off as much as you wanted. So yep. it's all about the porn, man. All about oh, the yeah. porn. Sex sells. Did you hear that? I don't know if this is true, but I heard that uh, season eight, every Game of Thrones episode is going to be two hours long. I heard that like two years ago. I heard it like two weeks ago. And it wouldn't surprise me because I heard that the president of HBO said that they feel like six movies. Yeah. So I would love it if they're two hours long, but I'm also yeah. just like, why don't you just double the episodes? Then? Right. <laughs> you know, make it last longer. Why does yeah. it have to be two hours long? Look, whatever. I think that there's a plan for everything. I'll watch two hours of game of a single episode of Game of Thrones. Like, I don't give a fuck, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm all... I, I can't wait for this final season, but I'm also just like, what the fuck am I going to watch after this season? Like, debuts. Like, start it over. I already start... I'm already on season three right now. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm, re, I'm starting to rewatch it all. Yeah. It's just so goddamn addictive. Yeah. Like, that's like... I, I don't... How do you... Pe- like, people that, like, hate, like, fantasy and, like, Lord of the Rings type stuff... But they're like, oh, I love Game of Thrones, though. You know? Right. It's just like, that's just how you tell a story and how you just have these interesting characters. And they're most, mostly everyone in that show is a pretty horrible person. Oh, yeah. You know? Unlike, like, John, unless you're Jon Snow, Daenerys has her moments. Mostly everyone else is pretty unlikable. How you can take a character like Jamie Lannister, who's just a piece of shit right off the bat when you first yeah. meet him in season one. He's a piece of shit. Has sex with his sister. Tries to kill a kid, yep. pushing him out a window. Yep. Kingslayer, all around asshole, cocky asshole. You know, good looking piece of shit. He's like the Tom Brady of fucking Westeros. Yeah. Well, you cut off his hand, and now he's sympathetic. And now, in season seven, you're like, I relate to that guy more than probably a lot of these yeah. other people. You know, and, and like, I hope you kill the queen now. Yeah. Oh no, I, he's he ha- he's the only one that can kill Cersei. He's the only mm-hmm. one that can. He's the only one that, yep. can get, that can get that close to where she's vulnerable enough. Where he, and he's going to do it. Yeah. Like he, that's his destiny. You yeah. know? It's, his, it's his destiny. 
and then Jon Snow and Daenerys are gonna fuck some more. She's gonna get pregnant. I'm pretty sure she's gonna die. I'm mm. pretty sure she's gonna die. Interesting. Because I don't think Jon Snow is gonna take the throne. I don't think there will be a throne after mm. like this whole Night King battle. Because John John is never one to be a leader. No, definitely not. He fucking hates it. So he doesn't even want to be king of the North. He's just like, I don't want to do this. Like he's like, I I never wanted to be. Headed like the nice watch. Yeah. I've never wanted to fight anyone. He's like, I would just be fine just like on a farm in like the fucking north just chilling yeah. as like an old man. He doesn't right, want right, right. any part of this. He just does it because he has to and because no one else can. Right. So if I don't... Nobody see, he's not going to take the Iron Throne, you know? Tyrion... If there if will Tyrion, be an Iron Throne. Yeah, if Tyrion took the Iron Throne, that'd be fucking bad. But I don't even think he wants it that much. He's nah. just fine just like doing his own thing, you know? Yeah. But I really don't think Daenerys is going to survive. I think... I don't know. I guess we'll see. I think she's going to just go out as like a boss bitch. Just yeah. like blow everything up. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. I would really like for her and Jon to just live happily ever after though. Like that'd be awesome. Yeah. Should we get into the movie here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get, <laughs> let's get into this. Um, so today we watched Alfonso Cuaron's Roma. We already gave an intro. We just really diverted. Yeah, we yeah. Because that's what happens when on Netflix. Yeah, that's what happens when you talk about Netflix and then Game of Thrones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. So uh, this movie came out in 2018, December 2018. Yeah. Um, I really like this movie. I, I liked it as well. I liked Do you want to hit start? Yeah, let's start. I mean, there's like five minutes of credit, right, so we got right. plenty of time to talk. All right, so we're, so we're starting it, Netflix, it right now. Obviously, Netflix, black and white. No bum. Yeah, no bum. Graphic nudity equals penis. Yeah, there is. Every time you see graphic nudity, it usually means there's a dick. Yeah, this one was uncircumcised too. This is an uncircumcised Mexican penis. Yeah. So uh, I mean, like I see. Here's the thing, man. I really like it when, because like there, there's some the a woman's body is so sensationalized in movies. You yeah. Know? And it's just it's women can be fully naked. You know, vagina, breasts ass all on display but it's and that's fine you know that can get you an r rating but yeah. as soon as you show a male penis that's when it's like whoa wait what well, you can't do this yeah why is that so offensive i don't get it i i yeah. honestly i like that that i mean like my mentality is that if i'm asking a woman to be undressed in a scene i'm gonna be undressed in that scene too my dick's gonna be out. If your boobs are out, my dick's gonna be out. Like that, because and that's also just how fucking people are in that situation. Right. Are you ever lying next to your girlfriend naked and you're covered up and she's you know fully naked? No, right, you're right, both right. naked. You're both on display because you're comfortable around each other. Because yeah. that's life. No one. It's just bullshit. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. That's why I, I respect so much for Alfonso for doing that. You know, she's not even like showing it. She's not nude no, at all in this. She, movie. I mean, she's super uh, conservative and yeah. like, like she doesn't really want to do this. Yeah, I, I just think she really likes this guy. Do you want to mute it? Yeah. Yo, sorry, sorry, people. But this is also an amazing opening shot here. This symmetry that's going on here. I really yeah. wish there was a turd in the shot, though. <laughs> yeah, I really like this. Like the water had washed one in. Yeah, something. there's so much dog shit in this like driveway garage area. Yeah, it's 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 a little it's, absurd. It's a how much theme, shit there yeah. is in this. But um, but I love this opening shot here with the water and with the tile. I think it, it's beautiful. Yeah. there's so many shots in this movie 
that just feel like they could just be photographs. I, n- I didn't notice that airplane. The airplane yeah, the airplanes like play a lot of... Uh, it's this running it's theme. It's a running theme throughout. Um, and there you can see the stairs reflecting there. That's so, right. It's, this is like kind of like... This is a reverse shot of the final shot here. Yeah. Good job, Alfonso. Yeah, it's like Good he put effort job. in. He like thought you about know, it. See, this is... You're going places, Alfonso. You're going places. Mm. But yeah, there's so many shots in this movie I feel like could just be like still photographs. Yeah. You know, especially with that black and white mentality. Um, it's just, it's so beautiful. And, there, and you got to give it to Alfonso, man. He wrote this movie. He directed this movie. He was the director of photography of this movie. And he's also the editor, a co-editor, a co-editor on, this, yeah. on this movie. Which, like, dude, damn, man. <laughs> like, yeah. All power to you, bro. Now, why... What do you think... Why did he choose to make this black and white? Um, I think it. I think black and white gives every movie a timeless quality. Um, I think it sets you into the period of the nineteen seventies. Um, it just it gives it a more classical feeling um, than if it was shot in color. It, it, the color you could have probably you could have shown off those vibrant Mexico colors. Yeah, I feel like. Um, but I feel the black and white makes it timeless. Mm-hmm. And that that would always be my go-to for black and white. Okay. Especially if you're... This movie is shot, like, in a way that feels like... Um, it feels like a memory at times. Yeah. You know, it feels like you're trying to remember what happened. Yeah, there are a lot of, like, wide wonders that, mm-hmm. that just let the scene and the actors play. There's... I, I feel like every, the like 90% of the scenes are just wide shots that just play the scene. Yeah. There's like, there's a band that comes through the streets. There's like yeah. these, these huge tracking shots going down the street too. Yeah. Uh, there's that wide shot of the karate uh, lesson that's going on. Like this scene right here, I just think you know it is just so beautiful in such a simplistic way. Something that's really weird that I didn't think of until now, but like... The, in this scene right here, she looks so young, mm-hmm. and by the end of the movie, it's like she's aged like she's five or six so, years. She's gone through so much, though. Yeah. Like, this could just be a photograph, right? You know, like there's and Alfonso has always been a director that is not afraid to let the camera linger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and he he lets the scene play out for longer than you than any other director would let the scene play out for you know yeah like this is such a just a beautiful shot and just feel it i don't know it sets you into the setting perfectly you know yeah so there this was this dog like uh, they kept, us. oh my god they kept i oh i thought the dog was gonna die that yeah day. you I, were I, very nervous about because that because they kept setting it up in this dog in this room and then jumping up and down and then then whenever they'd open the door they'd hold the dog yeah so I'm like, someone's gonna fucking open that door, and the dog's gonna get loose, and it's gonna get hit by a car. Yeah. I was like, I'm already like preparing myself for that scene. Yeah. And then it never happened, and I was like, thank God that never happened. I love how look how everything's messy, and by the end of the movie, everything's like gone. All the bookshelves are gone. Everything's and... rearranged. Like that yeah. TV is on the other side. Yeah. So spoiler alert: the the husband in this, in this family, a- this, Roma, aka men are pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the husband leaves at the end of the... Or, well, he leaves very early, but at the he end has, like, of the He has one scene film, and then he's gone, yeah. Yeah, at the end, he takes all the bookshelves and shit. And so they, like, reorganize he the house. He takes the bookshelves, but he leaves he the leaves books. He leaves the books. Which I, I... 
I just find hilarious. Yeah. It's just fascinating. So there was a little note, and I forgot to, I forgot to really ingest it again. But at the beginning, it says, "Oh yeah," it says like, uh, Spanish subtitles are, are are in one thing. Mexican indigenous language subtitles are are in brackets, yeah. and English subtitles are in something else. Mm-hmm. And so it's very interesting. But before this, we were looking up uh, what the significance of Roma is. And while I was researching that, I stumbled upon, apparently in Netflix Spain, they had um, traditional cotillion Spanish. They had this film, this entire film translated into traditional cotillion Spanish. Mm. And so they had like these subtitles and Alfonso Cuaron was like, that's really fucking insensitive. Oh, like shit. it's Spanish. They can speak it. Oh, wow. Wow. So that, that's just a, an interesting fun fact. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, because I mean, like, like, like Spanish. You, you, you speak like in school. They always taught Spain Spanish. Yeah, you know, instead yeah, of, not Mexico of, Spanish. Yeah, right. Gotcha. And and like in our travels, Mexico Spanish is the what we spoke throughout all of South America. Mm-hmm. And like, really, only in Spain do they speak Spain Spanish. Okay, well, it's just funny because there's just like there's so many little derivatives of right. a language. You know, yeah. even in English, there are different types of English. Right. You know, yeah, so I mean, just, that's what happens when a, a, an ocean separates you. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. It's just, but that's just great though, how, how it's just, that little detail though, means a lot. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I thought this was like a, like a North American family that was like, just transplanted I think here? it's a French family or a French Canadian. French Canadian, yeah, because he goes back to he Quebec. Goes, he's going to Quebec, and they're but they're. I was trying to gringo. figure it out for the longest time, but I, eventually I was just like, it doesn't really matter, yeah, you know, because they're not native to Mexico, right? They're definitely they're gringo, but, yeah, they're but they speak Spanish, yeah. I mean, they, they, I think they speak English once when they're, when they're at that the, party when they're with English people, yeah. English speakers. But most of this is in Spanish, yeah. Um. But my God, like the, the I don't know the actress's name. Um, the the girl that, that yeah, plays um, it, it I forget it. Gio or Gio? Um, I, I can't pronounce her name. Um, her her real name? The character's name? Cleo. Cleo. Um, my God, is she like a fucking revolution in this movie? I feel like though, yeah. like there's no plot to this movie. There's no, you know. A, B, C, you know, three-act yeah. structure to this movie. It's I mean, just there, there kind of is with her getting pregnant and all that. Yeah, but but it's not like, it's not, it's more about these moments, you yeah. know, that just happen. It's just like, it, the movie, a life has already started before the movie starts. Right. You know, and we're just kind of just seeing what is happening in this specific moment. Yeah. And then the movie stops and her, li- and her life continues on after that. Yeah. It doesn't feel like there's a intended structure to the movie. Yeah, you know. Well, yeah, I was, I was reading that it's basically it's it's largely based off of Alfonso Cuarón's own live-in maid that that he had as a kid. I mean, very beautiful. Yeah, it's, a, it's just such a beautiful movie. The way it's shot, the way it's told. Yeah, I love the um, scene in when they're going to go buy a crib for Cleo, mm-hmm. and there's this huge. 
what would be in a in an average movie this huge set piece of this riot that is happening outside and that whole scene is told through a fucking window yeah you know well, it's yeah. this huge piece that would in the, in a regular movie would be this gigantic moment would be the climax of the movie right and it's all it's told from up above through yeah. a, through a window that's kind of partially obstructed yeah and it, it, it's it's just so brilliant because that's how you would see it yeah as a as a human being mm-hmm. that's not down there you know um yeah I mean, it, those were the that was the Corpus Christi massacre massacre yes yeah and so it's yeah it's it's interesting like the 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 film really roots itself in a time period based on the events that happened but it it doesn't try to pick a political side necessarily no not at all um these see i i kind of find these kids to be just a little too assholeish for my, if the, well, yeah, it, I mean, they're, just, they're upper class kids that have never had to do anything for themselves. Yeah, and so there's just this that I can't bond with them, you know, like how I would want. Like by the end of the movie, I'm still just kind of like, eh, fuck these kids. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm like, I'm not there with them. I'm more with Cleo, you know. Yeah, Pe- Pepe's the only one that you can. Pepe has this amazing recurring dialogue. Yeah. Where when he talks about older. when I was older, and he talks about this past life that he yeah. would have, like he was reincarnated into this little child, and it's it's so. It gives a lot. It's of not insight. forced, yeah, and it's not. It's not just put out there to like you know be like oh look at this grand piece of dialogue or this philosophical thing that we're putting out here. It's just this kid just almost pretending, but then the bond that he has with Cleo. Yeah. Really makes it, though. And it's just, it's so beautiful. Even here, he's like, I can't talk, I'm dead. Yeah. And then he's like, why aren't you talking? And she's like, I'm dead. Oh. It's almost like I would want this, this storyline to be a little bit more developed. You know, this Pepe and her connection. But, I mean, he's like, he's like three or four, so. Yeah, but I I think if if you were to develop it further, it would become a little too much. Right, that's what I mean. But the little bits that we get... From them, both interacting, I feel like are just so beautiful. Mm-hmm. This shot's amazing right here. But and I, I think close drying. I think it their relationship is only so impactful because he's he's so young and wow, I didn't realize this before. You see how many live in maids there are in yeah. this little rooftop neighborhood. Look at that dog barking in the background yeah. there too. But yeah, I, I think I don't think their relationship would be as impactful if he was like a couple of years older and and had oh no not all because he still years, ha- he has so. that childlike sensibility right. you know he's still young enough to the to optimism see, the the naivete to see the world through candy colored eyes you yeah. know it, it's 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 that age before you become when you first become cynical yeah you know to the world like his how his older brothers are right you know where his older brother understands what divorce is. Yeah. And like what his mom is going through more than he is. Yeah. The sh- dog oh shit. Oh my God. The dog, this car too gave, this sequence gave me so much anxiety. Yeah. Parking this car in this fucking garage. With it, it, It's a running theme too. Yeah. And like when the mom comes home after the dad is left and she just crashes. Yeah. Into the side of the wall. It's just, Oh my God. It's just, but it's like, it's a moment that, 
I, I believe Alfonso when he says, like, oh, it's, like, based off of, like, my past and, like, my live-in nanny, yeah. you know? Because, like, there's a lot of scenes in this movie that just feel like memories that no one would have unless you lived it, you right. know? Right, right, right. And it's a little shit, like, he pulls in and he hits his mirror and so he, he has to back out and repark. Mm-hmm. Like... The mom in this movie, too, that goes through so much. And it's yeah. just, like, this bonding of these women going through just horrible personal circumstances, yeah. you know? And, like, he almost, ah. he like, just taps it, you know, just enough. And I love this shot of the cigarette, too. Yeah. And then the kids later are like... Ew, dad, cigarettes. Yeah, it's it's. There, oh, it's some visceral dog shit. There's so much dog shit in this movie. I can't. I, I I'm a little bothered by the dog shit in the movie. I'm just like, no dog shits that much. Well, also like, why didn't she just fucking pick it up? Also, why didn't she? Why aren't you taking the dog out? <laughs> yeah, know? like yeah. take the dog for a fucking walk. It's like a German Shepherd. It needs to go outside. Yeah. Um. But yeah, man. Yeah, I love this movie. Like, I, I, it's not my favorite from Alfonso. I still think "E Tu Mama Tambien" is. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to beat that. Yeah, I mean, that movie is just. That's like the most sensual movie I've ever seen. Yeah, you know, it's just like that movie. Just, it's it's sensual, but it's not sexual. You yeah. know, it's 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 a it's a whole other dynamic that he goes for there that he hits out of the ballpark yeah we need to watch that soon no definitely but i, have, I feel I like criterion of that i have the blue yeah I have the criterion blue yeah. right, right over there um but i feel like this was uh alfonso really going back to those roots yeah of, definitely of Yitu mama tambien and uh his uh mexico days mm-hmm. making films with like guillermo and emmanuel yeah um because Gravity was his last movie before this, right? He yeah. had made a film before the after that. This was it was Gravity, and then this dude was it? Yeah, dude. I don't know. He hasn't made a film since Gravity. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right, but uh, it also does feel right because he's a director that takes his time with shit. Because I feel like before Gravity was Children of Men. No. Yeah, dude. We're gonna look this up. I'm totally right. I'm totally right. He directed uh, an episode of Believe, a TV that series. Doesn't count. That doesn't count. That's not a movie. Gravity, Children of Men, yeah. Yeah, see? Right? Jeez. Oh, wait. I Wow. I thought Yitu Mamatami was his first thing, but it's not even close. No, no, no. Yeah, he directed a whole bunch of stuff before that. Yeah. Here's an interesting thing about Alfonso. He came up in Mexico City with Guillermo del Toro and Emmanuel Lubezki. Um, and they did a lot of, uh, movies in Mexico, like Guillermo did, uh, um, The Devil's Backbone, and then they all came to, like, Hollywood after making these small independent movies in Mexico, and they both had the same circumstances where Guillermo made Mimic for the Weinsteins, and they took it away from him, mm. and they just cut the shit out of it, yeah, to the point where Guillermo was just like, this is, this is not my movie. Yeah. Um, and then Alfonso had made uh, Great Expectations, with an adaption of the book by Charles Dickens. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a modern adaptation because at the time there was like this huge, we got to 
make modern adaptations of classical literature because the uh, Baz Luhrmann Romeo made, and Juliet, made, which I, which is a pretty brilliant oh, yeah. uh, adaptation, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I really like that movie. Um, but then they were just like, <laughs> I think the studio saw that and were like, "What do we have? Great expectations!" <laughs> and they're like, right. "Fuck it, <laughs> we'll right, do right, it." Right. So, um, I'll, so studio hires Alfonso Cuarón to direct okay. Great Expectations, and he gets Ethan Hawke. And okay. Gwyneth Paltrow huh. to play the leads, and I saw this movie like back in back in high school. I want to say maybe even middle school. I watched this movie because yeah. I went through a time where I was just like Ethan Hawke is an incredible actor, yeah, you know, yeah, which yeah. he is an incredible actor. Um, and I watched like everything that he did, and I want to say that's probably the first Alfonso Cuarón movie I saw. Was okay. Great Expectations, and uh, I was like. The movie is a little on the nose with the dialogue. Yeah. Like, it's it's a little ham-fisted. Like, there's a scene where Ethan Hawke takes his, the old woman's hand. I forget her name. but And also Robert De Niro's in that movie, too. Okay. Takes the old woman's hand, he puts it over his heart, and he's like, you feel that? It's my heart. And it's broken. Like, it, it's a really bad dialogue. Yeah. And, but I was like... But there's a scene in that movie when Gwyneth, uh, Ethan Hawke has this art gallery he's an artist and uh okay. he, he, he has his opening art gallery and it's a huge hit and Gwyneth Paltrow the story of great expectations if no one knows what the story is uh this kid Pip uh meets this girl when they're really really young uh he falls in love with her but he's like from a lower class family and she's like from an upper class family okay they go their separate ways he uh uh ends up he actually gets uh, entangled with this escaped convict who uh, he, he the cops come around and he says he doesn't know who he is because the convict threatened to kill him or whatever. Okay. And then the convict escapes and then Pip ends up going through upper class society uh, because an anonymous person has paid for his schooling. And he becomes uh, like a writer and he uh, gets in, he breaks through in that, you know, upper class. Yeah. And then he meets uh, the girl again, and they uh, have like this tumultuous relationship. And um, by the end, and then he actually ends up meeting the uh, the convict again, who at, was the one that paid for his schooling because uh, he thought this old woman, uh, the daughter, the girl's grandmother, was the one that paid for it, and she's okay. like this horrible person. She, he thought she paid for it, but she didn't. It was a convict. He actually came huh. into money later in life, and he paid for the kid's schooling because okay. he didn't rat on him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, there's a scene in the movie when Pip has this, like, art gallery, because instead of a writer, he's an artist in this adaptation. Um, he has this huge art gallery. She comes, Gwyneth Paltrow's character comes, uh, to the art gallery, and she's with another man. Yeah. It's actually Hank Azaria. <laughs> and, uh, uh, Pip is, like, heartbroken by it or whatever, yeah, and yeah, yeah. she leaves. She goes to, like, this restaurant with Hank Azaria, and Ethan Hawke comes out of the art gallery, and it's raining. And, uh... He ends up running, and it's this tracking shot through the rain, through the streets of New York City. Yeah. And then he runs to the restaurant, and he goes into the restaurant, and he said, and he goes up to Gwen, and he's like, "Would you like to dance?" And they dance for a little bit, and then they walk out into the rain and they kiss. And it's actually a really brilliant water. It's a brilliant yeah. scene, and it's a standout of the movie. But there's a lot of great visual. There's a lot of green in that movie too. He really uses the color green a lot. Okay. Um, it's a very visually. Uh, nice movie, but the unfortunately the dialogue is a little too on the nose. And that movie bombed at the box office. Yeah, and, it, and like 
Alfonso was kind of just like, fuck it, I'm going to go back to Mexico, and that's when he made You Two Mama Tambien. Okay. And then after that, he got Harry Potter. Yeah. And then he, then so he, weird. Then he did Children of Men. <laughs> and then, then he did Gravity, and now he did, now he did Roma. Huh. He's had a very interesting career. Yeah. To say the least. And I think he's like one of our, one of those directors that when you just hear that he has like a movie coming out, you're just, you kind of sit up and you take notice, you know? Yeah. Well, who made, um, it was a Netflix film too. It was about the, the war in an African, African country. Oh, um, um, Beast of No Nation? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Gary Joji Fukunaga. Oh, uh, Okay. Director I, of uh, was, yeah. True Detective season one. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. confusing that. He well, that that movie wasn't produced by Netflix. He made that movie independently. Oh, damn! And he really? actually was the director of photography for that movie as right, well. Right, because his his DP like got like his arm or something. No, he got the he got like uh, violently ill. He okay. got like he, they were all down there in pre production. I think like two days away from filming, and he got yeah. like some kind of sickness down there. Yeah, and so Joji was Gary was just like. All right, I guess I'm I'm doing it myself. Yeah. And he just like he just filmed it himself. Yeah. Um because they had like no money. But then Netflix bought that movie and that was like their first like big like Oscar push for okay. a movie, but it didn't end up getting any Oscar nominations. Yeah. That was so, such a good movie. It's a brilliant movie. Um brilliant brilliant movie. Uh Kerry Fukunaga is like one of like uh the most recent directors to actually like make an impact on film i feel like like he's yeah. just like he kind of like just he made this movie called sin nombre down in like south america yeah. he just like rode the trains and just filmed people huh. and just like completely shot that movie on a whim here's the introduction of uh asshole this fucking piece yeah. of shit so finn fimbre or i don't know how to pronounce fairman what a fucking cock-sucking piece of shit yeah. um yeah, just the look on his face, his fucking... He's got fucking nunchucks in the back pocket. Yeah, well, he's, he's such a, like... You kind of like this guy to start out with a little bit, because um, he seems pretty genuine. And then as soon as she mentions that she missed her period, he's just yeah. like, yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and he just, he leaves her in a fucking movie theater. Oh, my God. It's just, it's... It's so heartbreaking. She's so innocent. Yeah, it's just... He knows that she's innocent, too. This scene is it's just so, so wild. Weird. The nude uh, martial arts demonstration. Yeah, it, it's not. I admire it. I yeah. admire it. It's not a wonder, but it, it, it's a static shot of of his his uh, staff staff work, and um, it, it ends in this awesome frame where the his this pole is right in the foreground. And and it's but it's shot on this like it's like shot on like a twenty four twenty five or something, so the way that it's distorted, it's just it's pretty wild. It's almost like a three D shot. Yeah, it, Kyle said it's almost like a three D shot. He's taking piss there. It's so good. Just like I mean, all of these oneers that Alfonso did, they are just they're so perfectly framed. It's kind of insane. Like there are a bunch of like landscapes throughout the film that are just these long tracking shots and it, it's it's like how like anybody could have gone to that landscape but they wouldn't have gotten that same image it's like how did he figure out how to do that well Alfonso is no um 
amateur to oneers. You know, he's oh, yeah. he's he's had brilliant oneers in all of his movies. Um, and you would think, you know, this guy comes from a pretty broken family, pretty rough background. I think this guy, whenever you're told that you have a child on the way, that he would want to, you know, not give his child the life that he had. Um, but no, <laughs> that's not it. He's an asshole. Yeah. This scene, this whole storyline with this baby and everything, it, it, it's it's pretty depressing, but it's pretty real. Oh, yeah. You know, it, yeah. It, this happens more often than anyone would like to admit especially here in America too. Yeah. Um woman getting pregnant and then yeah, even just the miscarriage bit. Oh god. Is, is like that happens way more than anybody talks about. Exactly. Um It's interesting when I when I think about um back in 2012 my sister told me that she was pregnant mm-hmm. um with 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 her child with uh, my niece. And when I first heard about it, I was kind of just like, I, I, I put myself in that kind of position, you know, I'm like, how would I react? Yeah. And for the longest time, I was like, I, I couldn't do it. You know, I couldn't go through with bringing a child into this world. Yeah. And like, I don't have it in me to be a dad. Right. You know, like I couldn't, I couldn't bring myself up to that responsibility. And then after my niece was born and then the subsequent years when I would play with my niece and babysit her and, you know, really bonded with my niece yeah, for those about like four, like five years there, I couldn't imagine it, her not being in the world. Yeah. You know, and then to think that I thought that it was a mistake, you know, like mm-hmm. this was this was a mistake that my sister got pregnant. But then after that time being spending with my niece and really, you know, changing diapers and being there for her, it was yeah. like there there's no other way that this timeline could have existed without her, you yeah. know, and it 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 upset me thinking back about it, how I felt. But I'm also that's just how you grow and develop as a human being, you know. Yeah. Because when, when later on in the movie, when Cleo says, "I didn't want her to be born," like I yeah. really, I felt that, yeah, felt that a lot, you know. Yeah, it's like it's really visceral and just. Nothing about this film feels forced or no. unreal. It's all like you can imagine it all happening to anybody. I like how how she does say that when she says that, like, you know, I didn't want her to be born. It's not this giant soliloquy. It's not this huge um, speech that's kind of just put out there. It's just a little thing, you know, because that's how yeah. life is. We don't really have these giant you know, emotional speeches. Yeah. Usually it's just a sentence and then, and then that's it. You right. Know? That's all it takes sometimes. Sometimes it's just, just put it out there and just to alleviate it from your chest. You don't need to, you know, go full detail into it. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing when I was directing, when we were filming on um, last Wednesday or last Tuesday, um, 
it's a simple it was a simple overhead shot yeah. of Connor and, and Maddie and Connor's just talking about this dream that he had. And I I run through the scene with them and I'm, I go up to Connor and I'm like, hey man, is there anything that's just not feeling right, like dialogue wise? Is there anything that you would want to get rid of? Yeah. And just have it. And he's just like, well, they're your words, man. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> I, was yeah, like, yeah, I, yeah. I was like, I don't, I don't care if they're my words. Right. If it's not ringing true, I don't want it to be said. You know, I was just like, I can film this scene with you not saying anything if yeah. that's the case, you know? don't care like it's like that's not filmmaking is not the dialogue it's it's you know in plays it is all about the dialogue and it's how you present that dialogue yeah films have the benefit of having the close-up which in close-ups the less talking that you're doing the better you know because the greatest special effect in cinema history is a close-up on someone's face when they internally make a decision you know Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, that's the amazing thing is that, that none of these people are established actors. Like, really. I couldn't tell you who anyone is in this right. movie. Well, the, the woman that, that plays, um, that plays Cleo, she is an indigenous Mexican. Really? Is yeah. this her first movie? Yeah. Pretty sure. That's fucking, you have a career in acting. Yeah. What is this egg thing? I know, this egg doing? thing is disgusting. I don't get it. I don't get what the purpose is of this. This is when the, uh, when I was old theme starts. starts I love it. I love, I love how it's just there. You know, it's just like, there's, yeah. it's not a close up of the kid's face. It's just this wide shot. Yeah. This two shot of them both. And they just, it's just a thing that's said. And you don't really think much of this scene. You know, yeah. it's kind of just there until the end of the movie when it, when he talks about it again. Right. And how much she has changed from this first mentioning of, of like when I was older and then by the end of the movie when he mentions it again. Yeah. Like she has come, everyone has come so far mm-hmm. from the, from when the speech is first said to when it is last presented. Right. Yalitza Aparicio. That's her name. You're brilliant. Like you got a future in acting. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Her, every everyone in this movie has a future in acting. Her, her IMDb literally says is Roma. an actress known for Roma, the seventy sixth Golden Globe Awards, and Jimmy Kimmel Live. <laughs> oh my god. Because those are the only things she <laughs> she's has. ever been in. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Alfonso, you nailed it by finding her. You know. Yeah. And also here's uh, Antonio, piece of shit number two of, of the movie. Yuck! Cigarette. He just, I I just don't get it, how you could just, like, abandon your family like that. Yeah. Look at all this dog shit. This is a great wide shot. Some dog oh, piss and shit. Oh, much dog shit. It's ridiculous. It's too much. I just, I could never under, like, I don't get it, man. Like, I don't get people that just kind of walk out on their family. Like, I get it. A marriage doesn't work out, and you can't. But how do you leave your kids? But the kids, man. I don't, I... But, that, I mean, even then, I, I'm, I don't... Get how you can leave a marriage like that. Like he just leaves too. He doesn't even look back. Right. He just doesn't give a fuck. Like I mean, like obviously we're kind of just jumping into this life in this movie, so we haven't seen them fight. Yeah. You know, so we don't know how long. You right. Know, we have this seen disintegration. Bad happened. Yeah. He just kind of he 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 came home like the night before, and now he's just gone. Yeah. You know. 
yeah, she's look how look how she's just like holding on to him, can. and he's just, he's already gone. Right, and then she like kept her youngest home from school, so that so that he would have to say goodbye purposefully. He's already gone though. Yeah, in his mind, he's he's been gone for so long. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And this little outburst that she has on Cleo, you know, is just like I think when you first watch this movie, you don't understand what is happening. Yeah, not quite. Because you're just you, like you get it after at the end of this scene with the whole parade and all that, and she just stands there. Mm-hmm. This this is such a brilliant uh, like this is what I'm talking about like this parade happening right now. This is just a moment. Yeah. I do think they should have cut to her sooner. Because I started focusing on the parade and the band and, and not the, her. what they were doing and, and not her, yeah. But I think that's all of Alfonso's. It's a moment that's just happening, you know. It's just, it's yeah. just, it's just you're, there's not supposed to be any focus, right? But I, I, like this shot is brilliant, mm-hmm. and I, but I just think they they could have cut to this sooner because like we yeah. could have seen like the kids' reaction a little more, yeah. Hold more onto this shot, yeah, basically. How she just has this little outburst on her, you know? It's just like, but she, but I mean, these two women really do come together. Yeah, I mean, they're all they, they, they they're all they have. Each other. Yeah. It's just it's it's, it's a movie about women, <laughs> women being disappointed in men and finding comfort in each other. Yeah, you know what's funny is uh, finally some dog shit is being cleaned yeah. up in this movie. Our our previous episode was um, about. Close up the movie, and this is watch out. Watch out, and it's both about women in peril. Yeah, you know, that's hilarious. That's the theme of 2019. Yeah, <laughs> women are amazing. Men are pieces of shit. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's definitely true. It's, women can be pieces of shit sometimes. Uh, yeah, that's true too. People, people are just pieces of shit. You yeah, know, just try to be nice every once in a while, guys. Yeah, Listen. can we all just get along here? Yeah. Can't we? I didn't no. know that the the shit floor was from the opening shot. This oh my god, this shot right here, dude. I know this movie what? theater shot is fucking incredible. Yeah, how it goes from we see two couples making out and like yeah. in love, and then by the end of this scene, we are left with one person watching a couple. You know, yeah. it's just fucking mind blowing. Yeah, and just the composition of the shot is amazing, just in general too. Like it's such yeah. a, it's such a visually pleasing shot. Oh, um, I think it's really good too. It's but. it's amazing, and like God, man, like I when when she mentions that she's pregnant, and the guy's just like, "Well, that's a good thing, right?" I was like, "Thank God." Yeah, like he's staying. He wants the kid. Yeah, awesome. And then as soon as he said, "I gotta go to the bathroom," I was like, "He's like leaving your stomach." sinks yeah dude like my stomach just sank to the bottom of my body like it 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 sucks so fucking bad because you just want these people to be happy (laughs) and it's just it's just it's just not in the cards man and this guy it's like okay this guy just like ran out that's one thing yeah but then later on when we see that he like threatens her and he ends up actually pointing a gun at her yeah and it's like, you killed that kid, dude. You didn't shoot her and you didn't, you know, yeah. kill that kid physically. But just your, the way that you were there and standing there, you're the one, you're the reason why that kid died. Yeah. You know, this is, 
God, it fucking sucks. It's just yeah. so sad. And that, that whole scene in the hospital, too, is so gut-wrenching. Gut brutal. That fucking kid is just limp. It's, it's it, the, the wide shot of her delivering the birth, and then you just seeing the kid being thrown on a table and giving being given CPR. Yeah. And the way they it, just come over, and they're like, we tried all we did. And I'm like... I saw you. I just watched you. You did. You gave him like four attempts of CPR. That's um, all. See, this is the reason I couldn't be a doctor. First off, I'm not smart enough. But second off, I would I would be there just being like, keep going. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not. It's not over. Like I'd be yeah. the one that you'd have to like pull me off of somebody. Well, and and then they're like, do you want to see your kid? And then mm. he gives her like five seconds, and he's oh, like, okay, we gotta God. do it. But that's the brutal reality of that situation, dude. Well, too, it, 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 it's all heightened too because of the massacre, and they were so yeah. like. They just had to, like, make everything go faster so that they could treat more people. Oh, my God. It's just such a brutal scene. And, like, I, I know I have friends that have had miscarriages. Yeah. And I, 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 I can't, I wouldn't be able to do I it. I mean, could you imagine, like, being pregnant for nine months, super excited to have a child? I, and could, then... I can't put myself in the situation of, of me just being of seeing like a person that i love giving birth and that that birth being stillborn yeah i would break down and just start crying i yeah. couldn't imagine delivering the child right you still have to go through labor i couldn't oh, that i could not imagine like I, I it's it's literally probably the worst thing that anyone could ever go through for me for me personally yeah it's just it's, yeah. it's the worst thing that i could ever think of on somebody to carry that child for that long and at the last second, it yeah. doesn't work out. Like, uh, I, I couldn't couldn't imagine it. Yeah. This cacophony that's happening right now, where she just like realizes that he's gone, and then all this like stuff that's happening around here. You know, it's just it's this complete immersion into this culture and this life. Yeah. You know, and it's so effortlessly done. Joe, there's a great quote by Joe Carnahan, um, director that I really like says, don't block a scene, comment on it. And this is basically every scene in this movie. Is you're not blocking yeah. a scene, you're commenting on it. What's going on in this scene? You know, what? what's the location? What's the mood? Don't rehearse anything. This movie doesn't feel rehearsed, you know? It just yeah. feels like you're just in this moment, in this life with these people, yeah. you know? It doesn't feel artificial at all. I do want to know... In what world in 1970 was Mexico City able to have hail? It's, yeah, man. I mean, weirder things have happened. I suppose. You know? And I, I believe it. Weirder things have happened. It's just, in Mexico, hail? Really? Don't don't knock until you, you know, experience it. <laughs> until you experience it. Until you experience it. <laughs> don't knock until you try it. Don't knock until you try it. Don't, knock, don't disbelieve it until you see it. <laughs> See? I come back with welts and I'm like, dude, fucking hell. Mexico, I experienced man. experienced <laughs> it. It's awful. Probably not nowadays because, you know, global, global warming. warming. <laughs> but, you know, back in 1970 before we fucked the earth completely. Yeah, maybe. There was hail in Mexico. Perhaps. Uh, the desert is a wild place. Anything can happen. It's true. Oh, my God. But, I don't know. This is just such a brilliant movie. Um, it's... I think it's probably Alfonso's most personal movie. I like how he's going back to his roots of Yitu Mama Tambi and, yeah. his, Mex and his Mexico movies before yeah. this. I really like this. I think this is the right direction for him to go in since after kind of like breaking a very uh, technical ground with 
gravity. Yeah. You know, he kind of pushed the limits of what you could do um, technically with yeah. that movie. Yeah. And now he's going back and basically stripped all filmmaking to its bare bones to make Roma, you know? Yeah. Which I, I, I have so much respect for as a filmmaker to, like, go that high with huge megastars like Sandra Bullock and George Clooney, and you're directing, like, a over a $100 million movie that's all set in space. Yeah. And then you go, you know what? I'm going to go make a little movie in Mexico. Yeah. About people. Yeah. That's how you fucking do it, man. That that's that's how you do it. That just shows how visceral he is as a filmmaker. Yeah. Mm. What was your favorite shot in this film? Oh my god, there's so many, dude. Um, I think the best shot of the movie is in that basement of that hospital, the delivery room. Yeah, I think that's the best shot. Yeah. My favorite shot um, is probably. Um, there's, there's a one or, uh, when they're going, they're taking the kids to the movies. Yeah. And it's just, just a shot of her and it's just this wide shot of it just going down the street and just following her. And that's just probably my favorite shot of the movie. Okay. What's yours? Uh, from a very technical standpoint, the, the climax shot where she has to go out into the water and save the kids. Mm -hmm. It's a one or that starts on the shore and then goes like. 100 feet back from the water and then goes like 50, 60 feet out into the water mm -hmm. and it's all the water tracking shot. That's like, that's pretty wild. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but then also the shot when they go to the Hacienda and for New Year's and the forest is burning. Oh yeah. It, it's a wide, when, when everybody comes out and they're trying to put out the fire. Yeah. That's a wide shot or a long take and it goes from like them trying to build the chain to the 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 guy coming out in his Krampus outfit. Oh yeah, and, and he's like yeah, and then he comes out and like comes very crisply into the foreground yeah. and sings. Yeah, I think that shot is really wild. that's such a weird scene too. Yeah. It just comes out of fucking nowhere yeah. too. There's another really good one at that hacienda when it starts on that really big puddle. When Pepe walks in with like an astronaut costume on, yeah, 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 that like goes all the way out into the meadow where they're having a picnic and shooting yeah. the guns, and that's like that's a giant one or two. See, that's what's great about Alfonso, where he can do oneers and you don't realize it's a oneer. Yeah, you know, <laughs> until like after it happens, you're like, right. holy shit, that was a oneer. You know, right. he just he just has that. It's but that's the power of storytelling that he has, though, yeah. is that he makes you forget. Yeah. You know, that you're watching a movie. Yeah. But then also the shot in the uh, furniture store, mm -hmm. when it just start, it just rotates, and you yeah. just see the fucking riot happening, and then it rotates back yeah. into the store. Like, that's yeah. and uh, That brilliant. one's really powerful, too, because it shows the person come in, and then you, you see a gun get pointed at Cleo. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's just a gun or whatever. And then it slowly pans over, and it's Fairman. It reveals it. that it's Fairman yeah. pointing the gun and at Cleo. We, we both like fit, or audibly went, "Oh fuck!" Dude, I I just wanted someone to kill him. I was just like, "Please, someone just shoot him in the fucking face." Yeah. I was like, "Please let him die," but that's not real life, you know. Yeah. In real life, those guys just get away with it, yeah. you know. They and they live till they're like ninety years old. Yeah. Even this composition, really, right here, is really, really when she when she when Cleo tells the mom that that she's pregnant. She she's pregnant. 
Yeah, and and like this scene is so I teared up right here when when he he rubs her tummy and yeah. he says like go like oh my pain, god pain, go away I don't want oh this pain my to stay. god this fucking kills me because yeah. it's such this kid is so genuine yeah <laughs> you know he's just such a kid it's so beautiful yeah. no it's really good and something that's that's interesting is that like had this been a Steve McQueen movie we would have started out in this wide and ended in a very very close two shot mm-hmm. you know like, oh, yeah. like they did in Shame yeah but Alfonso's just like no I'm just gonna let it I'm just gonna ride. let the scene ride yeah. and we're just, we're not gonna move the camera at all yeah. you know oh that's interesting I didn't realize it until just now she put her ring finger her rings on the other finger yeah and then she puts it in the yeah. uh, in the dresser drawer yeah. I don't get this scene right here I know well, no dude it's it's cause I, I think I think it's uh, Antonio really loves his cars yeah, they made that pretty clear with the way he pulled in, and the she's first just time. like, "Fuck this she's car!" Like, yeah, fuck this guy! I'm yeah, just like, fuck this car to hell! And then she finally gets rid of it at the end. And yeah. the, well, yeah, that's the best thing about the, at the end is she gets a brand new, better car. Yeah, and that she, actually fits into the fucking right, driveway. Right. But but she gets it because he's gone now. Yeah, and it's it's just great, just like rebirth that they all can yeah. have. Yeah, you know, it's like they can all restart their lives. Right, and and try to do everything better than yeah. what they did before. I think it's a bril- I think it's a beautiful movie. It's a very personal movie, which I, I love dearly. Yeah. Um all around I think it's it's a solid it's a solid nine out of ten. Yeah. Solid nine out of ten. It's really good. But and I don't know how much more we can say because it's it's a very slow movie and you just gotta watch it to appreciate it yeah it's a movie that you just get immersed into yeah and i like look i, I don't know if this is another movie where i'm just like you know what i'm gonna put on roma you know and watch yeah, it no because it well, does it, it does take a lot out of you you know it's also hard because you have to read it yeah so well, you, no, well I, I mean no i've, no, I've, no, I've, I've trained not, my eyes to watch the picture and read no i'm not know? saying that but it's like it's not a movie that you can like multitask in no, you, yeah. you can't. You can't like listen and be like, "Oh yeah, I love this part." Yeah, you can't be like you know making food and right. watching Roma. You know right. exactly. No, I feel I hate when people are just like, "Oh, I don't watch foreign films." You go, nah, yeah. I have to read. That's, that's you can you literally train your eyes to read and then watch and watch the frame at the same time. Yeah, it's like it, maybe when you first start watching, like it's weird at first, but it doesn't take that long to train your eyes. Yeah. This scene where she just feels so shameful, even just saying that she's sexually active, is well, so she doesn't even say it. The doc is just oh, like, "Oh my yes, god!" You are. And then you find out like that's the only guy that she's like ever had sex with too, and it's just like, "Yeah, <laughs> what a fucking piece of shit this yeah. fucking guy is. He's yeah. just a piece of shit." Yeah. But yeah, uh, Roma, definitely check it out. Um, it's on Netflix. Everyone so, has Netflix, right. you know, have, so... If you don't have Netflix, just call me. I'll give you my Netflix password so you can see this movie. Do it. Um, yeah. Check it out. Netflix is killing it. Alfonso's yeah. always been killing it. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see what the future holds. Oh, before before we go, did you watch the trailer for Beach Bum that came out today? Yes, I did. I did. That looks incredible. Awesome. I love Matthew McConaughey. I know. Um, Matt, Matthew McConaughey... Who would have thought, <laughs> you know, yeah. would have this complete career resurgence in yeah. the last, like, five years, five years. Yeah, it's just in, insane. Like, I love Matthew McConaughey before the McConaissance, because I was like, you know what, dude, oh, knows, yeah. dude knows what, you know, pays the bills, and he's good at the romantic comedy role and yeah. playing, like, you know, that type. 
whatever. All power to him. Well, even like Mud was sort of before this. His Mud was the starting point. Yeah. Mud was like, whoa, like what's McConaughey doing here? You know, like that was weird. But yeah. then like whatever, and then he does, you know, True Detective. True Detective, and then he does Dallas Buyers Club and Interstellar and Wolf of Wall Street, and it's like. Yeah. Holy shit, dude! Like in and the then, last, in in like two years, you completely transformed yes. your career into a respectable, like, yeah, very like well thought of actor. You know, it's right, just, it's right, insane. Right. But when you think about it, when you go back to Dazed and Confused, all right, that all was right, all right. it was always there. Yeah, it was always there. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I always liked him, but then like that, but. Him really making that conscious decision to make a to really rebrand himself and to completely do just do different roles, I thought took so much balls. Yeah, you know, because he could he could have just did the same thing. Yeah, and like I would have went, I would have, I loved, I love uh, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. I've, I love that. Show. I love yeah, uh, yeah. Ghost of Girlfriends Past. Yeah, I I love watching that shit. But then for him to go do True Detective and. Dallas Buyers Club, and like Wolf of Wall Street and Interstellar, and it's just like and Mud, Mud is but Mud I think is an American classic too. Yeah, I that's really one of my favorites. I really love Mud. Um, it's a very underrated movie. Um, yeah. but it's like, damn, dude, like you went from being just like like a you know people liked you, but it's just like yeah, that's just Matthew McConaughey to being like Matthew McConaughey is a serious actor and like yeah. you can learn a lot from his performances. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the. Like, that scene in Interstellar, when he comes back from, like, the first planet, and he watches all the video from his yeah. kids, and the just the, the reaction, the muscle reaction yeah. from his face. I remember our friend, my our friend Kenny, really pointing that out after we watched, and, and him just being like, that's how a father would react. Right. You know, and just being, that is so genuine and that, so true. That you know? scene makes me cry every time I see it. It's, in, it feels just so real. Yeah. You know, you're just, you're right there with him. Just yeah. doing it, you know? Um, completely amazing. And like, True Detective, and also True, if you're not watching True Detective season three, has been killing it. I know, I gotta, I gotta catch up. It has, Marcella Ali has, is fucking killing it in this role. Um, it's back. It it still is multiple directors. I thought it was one director. It it was supposed to be one director. It was supposed to be one director. Uh, Jeremy Sounder, I believe, is how you pronounce his name. He directed this movie called. He directed two movies I really like: Blue Ruin and The Green Room. Mm. And he was supposed to direct all the episodes, but then he had a falling out with Nick Pizzolatto, our boy. <laughs> He's hard to work with, motherfucker. Yeah. Um, he had a falling out with him, and he only directed the first two episodes, and okay. then all the rest of the episodes are directed by different directors. I saw something funny on Twitter the other day, that it was, uh, like, it's gonna be hilarious to see all these people that, now that um, the Green Book got a bunch of nominations, mm. they're gonna accidentally rent the Green Room <laughs> instead of the Green Book. Oh my god, no, the Green Room <laughs> is so fucking good, though, like, everyone should go watch a Green Room, because it's so fucking good. But can't you just see, like, your, your oh, average, green. Like, middle... Right, the like, green movie. It's that green something. Green's a oh, green room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's about Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> it's about punk Nazis, like fucking killing kids. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, True Detective season three. It, it, it yeah, yeah. I mean, like I've seen, I watched the first two episodes, and those were yeah. amazing. And I watched. The, I was like, all right, episode three, different director. And I was like, 
it's good. It's yeah, still yeah, good. Yeah, it's yeah. solid. Nick Pizzolatto. That see, that's a that's a type of of show that you just you can't do every year. Right. You just need to give it time. You need to develop the story. You need to rewrite it and rewrite it and rewrite it until it's solid. Yeah. It's a specific kind of story because it should be it should be a detective story that's told through multiple timelines. Yeah. That's the core of what True Detective should be. Yeah. And that's what the fault of season two was, was just trying to tell a detective story. And it's like, we already got so much of that. Yeah. You know, we don't need that. We just, we need this specific... T- that's what made True Detective season one so good. Yeah. You know, was this very unique telling of this detective story. Right. And then also you had Joji... Carrie Joji Fukunaga, who's the modern master, you know? Yeah. Um, but I believe that... Nick Pizzolatto is also a really good writer. Yeah. Um, but he, yeah, season he one needs wouldn't his... have been anything without him. Exactly. And, but he just needs his time to go off and write it. And he, he also, he brought David Milch in to uh, help him develop and co-write some of the okay. episodes too. And David Milch is known for Deadwood and a bunch of other HBO shows. Okay. And so like, it's a good writer to have on yeah, your yeah, corner, yeah. you know? Um, so I'm, I'm really, really excited for what the rest of season three can be because it very much feels like what season one, the spirit of season one. Yeah. Um, that's good. That's reassuring. Yeah. I mean, season two is not bad. Season two is just okay. It would have been fine on its own, but being in the true detective realm. And then following up to what season one was too. I think either way, season two was going to fail. Yeah. I think, you know, even if you did take the time, it still would have been like, well, not as good as season one, you know? Right. But the fact that they kind of rushed it, and just kind of told this very bland story. Yeah. You know, it's a very vanilla story. I do, I like the acting in it overall. I think Colin mm-hmm. Farrell kills it, and Rachel McAdams, and Taylor Kish, who I'd never really liked before that. I yeah. thought he I thought he was the standout of that. Yeah. His character was the most interesting, and then he dies, like, uh, at, right. at the end, at, like, two episodes before the series ended. Yeah. I liked Vince Vaughn in that, in that season, yeah, too, too. definitely. And I think the last two episodes are really good. The last three, I'd say. It's the third one where they're in that mansion. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that movie was okay, but then I was just like, Eyes Wide Shut already did this. Yeah. Through that whole mansion sequence, I was like, yeah, this is already done before. I just really like that scene when Colin Farrell realizes he's fucked. Yeah. And he calls up Rachel McAdams, and she's just like, promise me that you'll come here or whatever, you'll be okay. And he's like, I "I promise you, like, everything's going to be fine. Yeah. And you believe him. Right then. You believe that he's going to get out of this situation. He's like, yeah. put so-and-so on the phone. And she puts so-and-so on the phone. And he just says, I'm not getting out of this. I'm fucked. Like, I'm going to die. Yeah. And it's just such a brilliant little, just a little, little detail in there. I yeah. think that was just so brilliant. And I was just like, yes. I was like, this is what the show should be. And, yeah. then, it, and then I hate the last shot of that, epi- of the season, though, with like, the women, and then the babies. Oh, and yeah. I was just like, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. I kind of get what Pizzolatto was going for because there was like, <laughs> in season one, there's not really any like strong female characters in yeah. that season. You know, like Mich- Michelle right. Monaghan's character uses uh, Matthew McConaughey's character to get rid of Woody Harrelson's character. Right. And that's really it. That's really all the power that she has in, in that story. Yeah, she really... So I get what he was trying to go for with like with Vince Vaughn's wife and Rachel McAdams' character trying to yeah. Im- 
show these strong female characters, but right. it, it kind of it came off as very ham fisted. You know, it was definitely. just it, it felt like an afterthought. It felt like this is supposed to be here because of the criticism that I got. Yeah, but yeah, but anyway, uh, go watch uh, True Detective season three, Alden already, and uh, go go watch Roma. <laughs> go watch Roma. This is yeah. Uh, kind of sorry that we got a little deviated. I got a little deviated. Uh, there. That's all good. <laughs> but Riley's tired and she wants to go home. Yeah, she's she's passed out. <laughs> <laughs> so. She's cute. All right, everyone. Uh, all right. This has been Late Night Like and Third Nightmare Reviews. I am your co-host, Kyle Martin. Uh, yeah, where can I find you, Kyle? Uh, you can find me at uh, on Instagram at supertramp underscore Kyle. And I'm Alden Roth. You can find me at Alden Roth too. And I, if you didn't catch it earlier, I'm now freelancing. So if you want to work together, hey, hey. hit up your boy. Yeah. Um, and then what else? I feel like I'm. Oh, this we host this on Anchor, so you yeah. know, like call in and and leave a voicemail. We haven't gotten one yet, so that'd be be cool the to first get one. one. Yeah. Just just do it. Yeah. Be be really sick. But um, all right. I think that's it for this one. Take care, everybody. Mm-hmm.